We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Geico presents Yikes, another voicemail from your roommate. Sup, roomie? Hey, a pipe burst in the basement. It's completely flooded. Anyway, I called for someone to fix it, but in the meantime, I was thinking we could finally have that indoor pool party we've always wanted. I got some cool swan floaty things already going. Could you pick up some chips on your way home? Later. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected. Like if your roommate isn't the brightest pool float in the flooded basement. Visit GEICO.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance. Hello everyone and welcome to the September 4th, 2017 edition of the Fantasy Football Report a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the FFPC. The Fantasy Football Report is also brought to you by MyBookie, the official sports book of Rotoviz Radio. I'm Blair Andrews. You can follow me on Twitter at AmITheRealBlair. Uh, Anthony's at a wedding tonight, so he's not going to be joining us. He'll be back next week. But in the meantime, you are stuck with me. Um, but <laughs> it's all good because we have an amazing guest on the show today. Joining us is Mike Taglier. He's the lead NFL writer for Fantasy Pros and a co-host of the Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. You can find him on Twitter, at Mike Taglier NFL. Uh, Mike, how's it going? It's going awesome, man, and I'm, I'm pretty proud of you. Uh, you like, this is the first time we've ever talked through a podcast, and you said my name correctly, so I, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm, I'm giving you uh, props right to that, like, through our microphone, if I could do that. <laughs> awesome. Well, I, uh, I, you know, like half an hour before we got on here, I actually went back and listened to some of your other appearances to make sure I would get it right. Ah, it looked well, like a name I could screw up, but no, no, that's that's a good yeah, thing. That you do my your due show diligence. Prep, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> I always I always try and do that too. So uh, definitely, definitely cool. It's uh, we're I just I just tweeted out. It's we're one week away, like a week from exactly right now. I'll be preparing for like a live Sunday morning show that I do. So I mean, I've been writing this weekend. I wrote 
literally I'm looking at my computer right now, I have 12,519 words as part of this article I'm working on. So uh, I've been really busy and I'm just, I'm happy that it's week one. I'm happy that we're done talking about the off season. I think that we've all memorized the stats that we know <laughs> uh, from 2016. Now I think we're all ready to move forward. Totally. It's uh, super exciting. Football is finally back. I mean, real, we can, you know, real meaningful football. So yeah, I'm excited to to get into it. Um, I guess we'll just jump right in. Uh, the NFL Players Association filed a temporary restraining order in Texas calling on the courts to block any suspension upheld by NFL arbitrator Harold Henderson. Uh, the NFL PA is basically alleging that the NFL hid information that would have benefited Elliott. And at this point, it's starting to look like he will be active in week one. Uh, is this kind of a Tom Brady situation all over again? It kind of seems like it might be, but at the same time, you know, if I if I recall the, the the order of events that happened with Brady, he was never handed the suspension, then it went back into court, and like and going back and forth, like the 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 exact amount of it because he ended up getting the year. I don't remember the exact order of events because it was such a long process that went out with Brady. I think it's a little bit different in this because there was something clearly done wrong off the field. And the NFL, as much as people want to say that they have to prove things about Ezekiel Elliott, the NFL kind of does what they want. You know, some players haven't been charged with anything through like through the legal system, but at the same time, they end up suspended through the NFL because they think that they're, you know, their own court. <laughs> and that's just that's why a lot of people are upset with the NFL. That's why they have a players association. So I'm not going to say that it's impossible that Ezekiel Elliott, uh, you know, plays week one. I, I'm not seeing it as likely because people have asked me, you're, you're like, Mike, you know, can we move him back into the first round? Should we take him there? Now, you know, I, we have to go on tangible things, right? And all we know right now is that he's suspended for six games. If if things change, it's all speculation right now. All we're hearing is rumors. There's There's been false rumors before. Uh, so, you know, if you want to take Ezekiel Elliott in the second round, I guess I'm fine with that, but if you do that, you need to reach for Darren McFadden. Like I can't, I can't stress that enough. And honestly, I think if you if you're drafting Ezekiel Elliott, you might want him to get suspended for the first six games rather than maybe like down the road. Let's say that this does drag out in court for a little bit. Let's say he's suspended for the fantasy playoffs. Like then, what are you going to do? So it's a really risky proposition. I've said before that you can't win your fantasy football league in the first two rounds, but you can lose it. And Ezekiel Elliott is the type of player that can lose it if, for you know, if he gets suspended for those six games. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, it would be way worse for you to have him for the beginning of the season and then lose him when you when you need him in the playoffs. I mean, obviously, it's all speculation at this point but it seems like I mean from what I can recall about the Tom Brady situation it seems like this is moving quite a bit faster would you agree uh, with that yeah oh I, I would I think I think it had to do with subpoenas and stuff like that that they had to get in order to get access to like Brady's phone and all this stuff like it's it's really weird like how all the third parties got involved with that Tom Brady thing and that's why I think it's a little bit different of a situation whereas Ezekiel Elliott this was brought up, if you if you remember, it was brought up before last season, and it was kind of brushed mm-hmm. under the rug as something like it was never he was he never faced any legal trouble for it, so most people just assumed that that he wouldn't face any suspension. But you know, Adam Schefter started rocking the boat as we started getting closer and closer <laughs> to the season. I remember that on a Sirius XM show he was doing, but you know, it's it's just. I don't know. I In those first two rounds, it's just there's such important picks. And most people kind of forget that Ezekiel Elliott, even if he let's just pretend that the six game suspension does exist and that it, it holds true. He also has a bye week in there during on week six. So therefore, he's missing the first seven weeks of the fantasy season. So you are essentially taking him out of your lineup for over half of the fantasy regular season because the regular season ends at week 13. So 
I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't own any Ezekiel Elliott. I own some Best Ball shares, but that's about it. Yeah, it's a tough situation to figure out, and maybe the best advice for anyone who's still drafting before uh, the regular season starts is to stay away in the first two rounds. For sure. Uh, let's move on to the next item. Speaking Thursday, Colts owner Jim Irsay acknowledged Andrew Luck is unlikely to play in Week One. Uh, Mike, can you start any Colts? If luck is out of the lineup, I don't want to. Uh, I've told people that you know we were talking on the, the podcast. Uh, I can't remember if it was like the maybe Wednesday or Thursday, and we brought up the idea about Andrew Luck not playing, and there and someone said T Y Hilton, and I was like, you don't want to play T Y Hilton. He's like, well, wait a minute, you want to downgrade him, but you want to play him still, right? And I'm like, no, you legitimately, I would play other proven options over T Y Hilton. I would play guys like Deshaun Jackson over him in Week One. Going back and looking at the last couple years without Andrew Luck, T Y Hilton, he's averaged. There was. 10 games that he played without Andrew Luck over the last three years. In those 10 games, he averaged just seven and a half fantasy points. That would have been in the range of wide receiver 45 last year. And we're not talking about a small sample size where it's like, you know, maybe two or three games, and that can be influenced by matchup. We're talking about 10 games, which gives us a solid sample size. And if you guys have ever watched Scott Tolzien throw a football, you're not <laughs> excited about T.Y. Hilton. He's the one who's actually most affected by it. Dante Moncrief can still get things done, you know, in that short area of the field. He's more of like a red zone threat. T.Y. Hilton needs that big play. And uh, with Andrew Luck out of the lineup, it's it's very concerning for him. Frank Gore is someone that I I haven't been a fan of this offseason. I just, you know, everybody, including Tom Brady, including Frank Gore, they're all going to hit this wall. And we've already kind of seen it with Frank Gore and the Colts. He's he's averaged sub four yards per carry over his two seasons there. They're missing Ryan Kelly, the centerpiece of that offensive line. He has competition. Robert Turbin is going to be there. He was stealing goal line carries towards the end of the year. Marlon Mack, you know, I'm not going to play Marlon Mack. I'm not going to say that he's going to be involved right away. But once Andrew Luck comes back, Marlon Mack is someone that you should keep an eye on because I've said that, like, you, you know when you stand out in front of your garage on a rainy day and you see those little drips just coming down off the garage? That's Frank Gore. Mm-hmm. Frank Gore's just dripping, dripping, right? And Marlon Mack is lightning in a bottle, whereas, like, this this Colts offense needs something like lightning in a bottle so that they don't rely on Andrew Luck so much. Frank Gore is not going to break off a 40-yard touchdown run. It's just not going to happen. Robert Turbin's not that guy. Those guys are built for... For a team that has a good defense, you want to play a ball-control-style offense. The Colts don't have that. They don't have the offensive line to do that. So, no, I honestly don't want anybody. I actually just <laughs> in a, in a league that I'm doing. It's like a it's a deep industry league, uh, but it's shallow benches. We only have five bench spots. I drafted Jack Doyle as my starting tight end. I yesterday when I heard that you know they 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 traded for Jacoby Brissett. I was like, man, this means Luck's going to be out for a couple weeks. Uh, maybe stay on the pup. He ended up coming off of it, but I actually dropped Jack Doyle for uh, Jason Witten, and it's not hmm. something I wanted to do. It's not something I wanted to do, but at the same time, I'm not going to pretend like losing Andrew Luck doesn't severely hurt all these options in the offense, and I, I just can't deal with it. Uh, but Andrew Luck is a solid stash, though. If you can get him, some people are getting him in like the 11th, 12th round. If you can do that, he's well worth a bench spot. Yeah, that would be. Really great value if I I could ever see him fall to that. Um, uh, yeah, I guess the other thing to keep in mind, especially when we're talking about T.Y. Hilton, is that he played a lot of last season without Dante Moncrief even on the field, and that is another thing that's going to bring down his production. So, I mean, with Moncrief in and Luck out, it's hard to really get excited about him, uh, which is kind yeah. of unfortunate because he was someone I drafted a lot of earlier in the offseason, and now I have a a bunch of him on my, you know, looking at week one, like, uh, I don't know what I'm doing here. But 
Well, hang in there. Just don't just don't let the name influence your decision to start someone else over him. Like if you have like Jeremy Macklin on your bench, start Jeremy Macklin. Like don't 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 just because it's T. Y. Hilton, don't be afraid to put him on the bench. Just because again, if they're Scott, if they're starting Scott Tolzien, it's it's a problem. If Jacoby Brissett plays, it's going to raise his ceiling a bit. But I can't see Brissett playing on just one week notice. So uh, maybe week two Brissett's out there, but week one. Uh, and it's a good matchup too against the Rams. Mm-hmm. So, but but yeah, I I avoid Ty Hilton. I think he's just like a wide receiver three, wide receiver four option in Week One. All right, cool. Uh, let me just follow up. I guess how, um, hmm, how do I ask this? How many games would Luck have to miss before you would say uh, he's not really worth keeping this year, or not worth looking, not worth uh, playing in redraft or something like that? Uh, Andrew Luck. Yeah. Like in ter- in terms of drafting him at all. Yeah. Well, him the fact that he didn't end up on the pup list, so that means he they they're not they don't plan on keeping him out for 6 weeks. Like that right. was like a big move. We were waiting to hear if they were going to keep him on the pup list cuz then he'd be locked into at least missing, missing 6 games. It seems like right now the timetable is him missing 2, maybe 3 games. That seems like it's the timetable. You know, the the signing the the trade for Jacoby Brissett seems like it could be more of depth than anything cuz as you've seen, mm-hmm. having Scott Tolzien on your roster is just dragging everything down. So, um It'll be interesting to see if they even if they even have Tolzien on the roster for Week One. I don't know if they play Stephen Morris. It, hmm. it, it's it's all up in the air right now. But Luck, you know, I would draft him. I mean, I, I don't feel like you should run from Luck. I actually own him in a lot of leagues. I get I get him usually in the ninth, tenth round. But I've been have I've been having people on Twitter tell me that they're getting him in the tenth, eleventh, twelfth round because of this Brissett signing and the fact that people are scared of him. They think that they're, he's missing a lot more time than the Colts are letting on. I happen to think they're just taking their time, and it's what they should do with their franchise quarterback. They're not winning a Super Bowl this year, but at the same time, they need to put butts in the seats, and the only way you're going to do that is getting Andrew Luck back on the field. Yeah, good point. Yeah, that's great stuff. Hey, Road of His fans. I want to take a minute to tell you about our friends at the Fantasy Football Players Championship, who are celebrating their 10th year as the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. Over the last few years, the FFPC has become the go-to destination for serious dynasty players. They now have over 140 active dynasty leagues. And here's something incredible. Not a single dynasty league has folded in seven years. New startup dynasty leagues are forming now with entry fees starting at $77 and going up to $1,250 per team. The FFPC has leagues of all types drafting daily, including best ball leagues. These popular FFPC draft expert leagues start at $35 entry fee and can win cash prizes or satellite entries into next year's national contests, such as the FFPC main event, the world's biggest contest in season-long fantasy football. You can draft your main event team live in person at the Planet Hollywood Hotel and Casino Las Vegas or online from the comfort of your own home. Over 1,300 teams will compete for the massive 250k grand prize with over 1.7 million in total cash prizes in this year's contest. Don't miss the FFPC experience, Rotoviz listeners. Go to myffpc.com and register now. That's myffpc.com. Join your fellow players today at the FFPC, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. All right, now let's get into no shit, shit, no. Uh, first item up, Cody Latimer. Troy Renk of Denver 7 expects Cody Latimer to be traded or released. Um, shit, no. Uh, I, I say that because the Broncos have been attached to Cody Latimer for a long time. They, they they can't seem to give up on him. And on top of that, we heard that Carlos Henderson, the rookie wide receiver that, that I like a lot, reminds me a lot of Golden Tate, 
Uh, he's actually on IR. So the fact that he's on IR, that third wide receiver spot is still up in the air. Cody Latimer is not going anywhere, unfortunately. Jim Caldwell, ESPN Lions reporter Michael Rothstein wrote, there is, quote, no indication Coach Jim Caldwell will get an extension before the season. No shit. I mean, you can't you can't be Jeff Fisher for so long and then expect people not to con- continue to feed you money, right? Like Jeff Fisher, the the, <laughs> the the amount of money that he made while being a seven and nine, eight and eight coach is blows my mind. <laughs> you can't just settle for mediocrity as a franchise. Dontrell Inman, NFL Network's Tom Pelissero, reports the Chargers have had trade discussions involving wide receiver Dontrell Inman. I'll say no shit. Um, because Mike Williams just came off uh, the the pup list, they expect him to be back sooner rather than later. And this is a this is a crowded team. They have so many wide receiving options. Even though uh, most people don't know, Dontrell Don, Inman from week seven through week seventeen, he was like top twenty two in the NFL among wide receivers and receiving yards. So he actually did his part pretty well. I think you know I think they should discuss a trade for him. Though I don't, after seeing the free agent market this offseason, I doubt that they would get much in return. Uh, I'm going to skip this one since it actually did happen. Jermaine yeah. Curse. <laughs> right. Antonio Brown. ESPN Cleveland's Troy Grossi reports the Browns will use cornerback Jamar Taylor to shadow Antonio Brown in week one. <laughs> this is a no shit. <laughs> but I, I think it's a no shit because they don't have any other option. You know, they just let it go with Joe Hayden and then Antonio Brown vied for Joe Hayden and then they brought him to Pittsburgh. So it's kind of funny. Uh, this is uh, Jamar Taylor did a fine job last year, but good luck. Uh, Cam Newton Panthers Panthers coach Ron Rivera admits he doesn't really know what to expect from Cam Newton in week one no shit he threw two passes in the preseason uh he you know everybody's worried about Andrew Luck but nobody's worried about Cam Newton the guy who came to training camp then threw some passes and then stopped throwing for a couple weeks because he had a short a sore shoulder then he threw two times it's a, it's, it's a weird situation like where they may have rushed him back a little bit, whereas Andrew Luck has been babied, and that may be the best approach to take. Uh, but I don't know what to expect in him from him. I, I'm, I'm writing up week one as we sit here, and I think every single pass catcher outside of maybe Christian McCaffrey is, is a worry for Cam Newton because we have no idea what to expect. And they can run the ball a lot because they're playing San Francisco. So uh, I say no shit on that one. Josh Doxson. Speaking Tuesday, Redskins coach Jay Gruden admitted Josh Doxson's continued missed time is a concern and that the second-year pro, quote, hasn't done a lot for us. Uh, no shit. He, what, he saw six targets last year? I mean, <laughs> what opportunity has he had to do anything for your team? Now, granted, it, it's on him. He was hurt last year. If, if, you're, if you're hurt one year, what are you going to do? Like, that's the thing. I, I don't understand this, but they held him out of the fourth preseason game and the third preseason game. He says he's okay. They're not letting him talk to the media now. Like, they're hiding him. This is an ominous situation where it's like kind of like a Kevin White thing. Uh, but he hasn't done a lot, but I, I wouldn't give up on Josh Doxson. Blake Bortles. Jaguars coach Doug Marone said Blake Bortles looks the best I've seen him. <laughs> Shit, no. <laughs> <laughs> this just makes me laugh. I, I, he said he's obviously saying this to try and raise the kid's confidence after he destroyed it by saying there was a competition between him and Chad Henney. Uh, this is something he has to say. It, it no. Deshaun Kaiser, Browns coach Hugh Jackson says he'll give Deshaun Kaiser a long leash as starting quarterback. 
Uh, no shit, he has to. Uh, the Browns aren't winning a Super Bowl. He's committed this. I, in my opinion, he's committed to this way too early. There's no reason Deshaun Kaiser should be starting for this football team. Even as even as college coach said that Deshaun Kaiser should not be in the NFL right now. That he he needs to mature quite a bit. And then you're going to throw him into the fire when you have three offensive linemen who are questionable for Week One. You, you know, a, a receiving core that has yet to establish themselves. A, a running game that has been meh. I don't. I didn't see any reason. I thought Cody Kessler was going to start the season for them. I thought he should have started the season for them, but um, he has to. Because if you pull him, if you put him on a short leash, then you're going to ruin the kid's confidence, and that's the last thing you want to do with someone like Kaiser who relies so much on confidence. So yeah, that's no shit. Garrett Blunt, the Philadelphia Inquirer, Zach Berman believes the Eagles could look into a better solution at running back than Garrett Blunt. Um, no shit. Garrett not very good. Uh, I, I, you know, I know he scored 18 touchdowns last year, and people want to say that that's the reason he's good. He saw 72 red zone attempts on a Patriots offense that, it, you know, is one of the top scoring offenses in the NFL. He was horrible in terms of his yards after contact metrics, and, and there was so many reasons I can give you as to why Garrett Blunt wasn't very good last year. And the NFL agreed because do you recall how long he stayed a free agent? Uh, Adrian Peterson, Jamal Charles got jobs before he did. He he went to a team. He didn't even know what the job was going to be with the team. He just took it because it was the only team that was willing to give him a job. And everybody's seeing how sluggish he looks not playing on a Patriots offense. Martavis Bryant. The NFL has granted Martavis Bryant full reinstatement following his 2016 year-long suspension. No shit. It happened. It happened. And uh, I love the kid. It's going to be so fun watching Martavis. Did you? I want to ask you a question real quick. Most, mm-hmm. people, don't, most people don't seem to know, and I'm sharing this because I, I read a lot into him because I wanted to see how his rehab was going. Did you know that Martavis Bryant did not work out through his first two seasons in the off season? He worked out. He said one time when the Steelers made him, but he said he literally did not do any sort of workouts, no gym, nothing in the off season until this year. Did you know that? Uh, I remember hearing that on a, on another podcast I was listening to. Maybe it was Matt Kelly brought that up or something, but yeah, that's, that's insane. I can't even believe that. It is, and that's why like it was crazy because I went back and looked through his game logs, and in a lot of his games where he struggled were in like weeks 15, 16, and 17, the end of the season when your body would break down, when you're struggling, you know, when you don't have enough mm-hmm. muscle to carry you through the season. Apparently, he put on 10 pounds this offseason. Martavis Bryant, dude's a monster. And uh, yes, I would own as much Martavis Bryant as possible. All right. Kerwin Williams. Following Chris Johnson's release, Kerwin Williams has won the Cardinals' number two running back job. I sound like a parrot, but no shit. Um, Gerwin Williams, I mean, Chris Johnson getting cut, it, it, it kind of clears the door. TJ Jones is not ready for that job. Andre Ellington, they tried to put it wide receiver. That didn't really work. He's he's not um, durable enough to be a backup running back. So Kerwin Williams, it's kind of by default. All right, great stuff. Uh, we'll finish up with some regular news items, but before we get into into that, I want to take a moment to talk about MyBookie. I absolutely love sports betting. There's no site I trust more than MyBookie.ag. MyBookie has in-game live betting. They have the most rewarding player perks in the business. And the mobile capacities on most sports books are terrible. I can't tell you how many wagers I've missed out on due to slow loading speeds or impossible to figure out site layout. But MyBookie's all-new mobile site allows me to easily make wagers while I'm out with friends or from the comfort of my own couch watching the game. Uh, join now, and my bookie will match your deposit up to a 100% bonus. Just use promo code ROTOREPORT, that's one word, to activate this special offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right. 
Uh, item number three, the NFL suspended Willie Sneed three games for violating the league's policy on substance abuse. This news is pretty shocking in terms of the timing. Uh, what does this do to the value of Ted Ginn, and does it hurt Drew Brees at all? Uh, it, it, I don't think it hurts Brees very much. I've, see, I've, I've lowered Brees a little bit over this season just because I think that they want to run the ball more. I think it's what the team is built to do. I think the defense is getting a little bit better slowly um but in terms of ted ginn ted ginn was being undervalued as is you know this is a guy that finished as uh, he's finished in the top 50 wide receivers three times during his career but i mean it, even going back as soon as uh 2015 he finishes a number 26 wide receiver with cam newton as his quarterback now granted newton has a big arm and he's able to get the ball down the field but drew Brees has been one of the most accurate deep ball passers in the nfl Ted Ginn's going to give you headaches because you're going to see you're going to see game highlights where Drew Brees hits him in stride down the field and he drops it. That just happens with Ted Ginn. You have to live with that. Uh, but we saw in the preseason he was starting in two wide receiver sets, which is a very valuable role to be in in the New Orleans Saints offense. So uh, Ted Ginn was being undervalued uh, in terms of Willie Sneed. I was never really too high on him to begin with. Uh, I, I felt like people were in, uh, inflating his numbers and what they what they were supposed to be without Brandon Cooks, where those numbers were going to be spread throughout the field. The roles don't change very much in New Orleans. Like It's kind of like the Patriots, where it's like one body out, one body in. You kind of fill the roles as needed. You spread it out. Willie Sneed, I don't think, is is great enough to, to consider 120 targets. That's just not going to happen with him. He's still going to play that slot role now that he's out three games. Alvin Kamara is probably going to try and fill that role. Uh, you know, Adrian Peterson and, and Mark Ingram, I'm, I'm interested to see what they're going to do with those two. Are they going to put them on the field together? Maybe move, you know, have a two-back set, move move uh, Mark Ingram into the, into the slot. There's so many things that, that Sean Payton does to create mismatches on the field, and it's the same reason I'm not worried about Michael Thomas because he'll, he'll move players around if he needs to. Um, so this doesn't do too much to Breeze. Like I, I still think he's like he's locked into a top four quarterback for me this year. Uh, as for Ted Ginn, he was being underdrafted. He should be taken in that wide receiver forty-five range because again he's going to be up and down. But at the same time, you want those ups on your team rather than the opponent's team. Yeah, totally agree on Ted Ginn that he was being undervalued. And I guess I try not to put maybe too much uh, stock into what I see in the preseason, but it really was telling that that he was starting in two wide sets and Snead was only I mean not even I keep not even getting 70 percent of snaps with the first team I think I don't know if I have that number right but um who who do you think is going to fill this slot role most of the time over these first three games well, they're saying right now that Brandon Coleman is someone like, and people have asked me, who's Brandon Coleman? I'm like, he's the guy that <laughs> I think it was last year, the year, the prior year. I can't remember which mm -hmm. year anymore. These years kind of fly by, but where he, he had a big start to the season. He was the big waiver wire pickup after week one because he went off for, I think, two touchdowns and maybe like 56 yards or something like that. He's a guy, again, you know, he's like Devery Henderson. If, you're, if you've been playing fantasy football for a while, Devery <laughs> Henderson was a guy that was maddening because, you know, he'd have this blow up game and you're like, oh, maybe this is the new guy. Brandon Coleman's probably going to do that, but you, good luck guessing the games that's going to happen because, again, he's going to be the third, maybe fourth wide receiver. I think Alvin Kamara is is interesting because they went out and drafted this kid even though they knew they had the two running backs there, so they obviously have a different role in mind for him. They know Drew Brees is towards the end. You know, We don't even know if this is his last season with the Saints. He's said before that it's possible that he goes elsewhere. He's 37 years old. He's looking for one more contract, and if the Saints aren't going to be in it to win it, then maybe he should just go elsewhere. And so looking at the Saints draft and what they did, Kamara is someone that reminds me a lot of Jamal Charles. Uh, you know, he doesn't have the 
the, the I don't know, I don't want to say the flash, but what I, what that, what I notice when I watch him on tape is that he accelerates from zero to sixty really really fast. He doesn't have the long breakaway speed, but then again, Jamal Charles didn't really have that. He's just really quick when he needs to be. He can be used in the receiving game. He's not built to handle eighteen carries a game. So I want to see them use Kamara on the slot a lot. I just think that Brandon Coleman seems like he's going to play that big slot role. It's kind of like Marcus Colston did. All right, uh, let's move on to the next item. Steelers acquired tight end. Vance McDonald and a fifth-round pick from the 49ers in exchange for a fourth-round pick. Uh, who stands to gain the most from this trade, and is McDonald or any other player now fantasy-relevant to you? Vance McDonald is the one who gains the most. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of Vance McDonald. He's someone that I own on a lot of my dynasty rosters, and I do that because you know it's the talent, and I think he's a big play waiting to happen. And if you go back, you know people wanted to talk about Jesse James before... Um, before Ladarius Green even was was brought over to Pittsburgh. And the fact that they brought in Green says, we're not ready for him to be that guy. And then Green gets hurt, and they're like, okay, we have to work with James. We'll make it work. Ladarius Green comes back healthy. They put him right back on the field. Then all of a sudden, they cut him. Oh, they're moving forward with Jesse James, guys. They're just looking for the next Heath Miller. Nope. Then they go and make they make a trade for Vance McDonald. The guy of the, of the tight ends last year who saw 35 or more targets, he finished number two behind only Rob Gronkowski in terms of yards per reception. So he's a big play waiting to happen. He's done really well. I want to say he scored seven touchdowns over the last two years on just 95 targets in a bad San Francisco offense. The stat I threw out there uh, yesterday on a different show was that there were only 12 tight ends in 2016 who scored six or more touchdowns. 11 of those tight ends finished as top 12 options. So if we look at Vance McDonald and say, can you score six touchdowns with Ben Roethlisberger? He's almost by default going to finish as a top 12 fantasy tight end. Uh, you know, And some people are like, well, Mike, how can Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant, Le'Veon Bell, and Vance McDonald all fit into this? you know, umbrella under top fantasy options. Well, it's pretty simple. If you go back and you look at the Bears under Jay Cutler when they had Matt Forte as a top five running back, they had Alshon Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall as top 24 wide receivers. They had Martellus Bennett as a top 12 tight end. And that was with Jay Cutler at the helm. So it's more than possible. We've never seen the Steelers offense healthy. Uh, I want to see him learn the playbook. I don't know if he's going to be involved right from the get-go, but I happen to think that they have big plans for Vance McDonald. You don't trade away a fifth-round pick uh, you know, just for nothing, or a fourth-round pick like they did for nothing. Uh, they're going to use him. He's going to benefit the most. As for the 49ers situation, I don't know if anybody knows what's going on there. Uh, George Kittle is a rookie. You don't ever want to trust a rookie tight end. Um, you know, <laughs> the, hmm. Garrett, Selleck, Garrett Selleck, Blake Bell, you're not going to trust these guys. So I'd stay away there, but it's really questionable as to what they're doing in San Francisco for pass-catching options because – you just got rid of Vance McDonald, Torrey Smith. Uh, they cut Jeremy Curley yesterday. So it's like, where are these targets going? Because I'm pretty sure they're going to have to throw. I mean, in terms of their defense and the lack of skill, the talent they have there, they're going to have to throw, I'm going to say a minimum of 550 times. Where are these targets going? Like, is Carlos Hyde turning into David Johnson? I don't, I don't, I don't, hmm. I don't think so. Uh, I love Carlos Hyde, but at the same time, we have to figure out where these targets go. So maybe there is more value at the tight end position in San Francisco that I'm letting on. I just can't seem to trust any of those guys. Yeah, yeah. McDonald is a really, uh, you know, he was an interesting prospect as a tight end, very athletic and pretty productive in college, and kind of, I think, hasn't maybe uh, shown all of that in the NFL. Uh, I guess the one thing that worries me about him going to the Steelers is that I'm trying to remember, it doesn't seem like the Steelers have have ever really heavily featured a tight end 
in their offense or in the red zone. So I'm, that, I guess, is one thing that maybe I yeah. want to look more into, but it's a little bit no, disconcerting, yeah. Well, yeah, no, that's definitely something that would be concerning. Um, I, I think it may have come down to personnel and the fact that like who they're throwing to. Like I just, I just pulled it up. I have it uh, down to the team target totals. And last year was actually the highest, the, bit, the largest amount. The target share for tight ends in Pittsburgh was 21%. Uh, 126 targets last year the previous two years was 95 and 97 but again I mean Jesse James you know he may see 20 targets so if you're going to get 70 to 100 targets for Vance McDonald maybe like again we're, we're this is kind of wishful thinking on my part maybe with Martavis Bryant coming back I do see Le'Veon Bell's target totals coming down a little bit I can't see them continually targeting him more than wide receivers um, but again this Pittsburgh Steelers is going to offense is going to be phenomenal to watch he can beat teams down the seam like you have to pick your poison like Antonio Brown you are not going to stick him in single man coverage because if you do he's going to eat him he's going to eat that corner alive Martavis Bryant if you don't stick a safety over the top he's going to beat a corner deep Le'Veon Bell if you don't keep somebody like I don't know if you go into a nickel package to keep somebody covering him it's it's incredible what the Steelers offense can do if they remain healthy they have one of the best offensive lines in football uh, and their defense has been getting better so um, that's a team to watch for definitely Definitely. And then I guess on the 49ers, it's almost the exact opposite, but I, <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I agree they're going to have to throw a lot. I'm kind of hopeful that Shanahan can help that offense a little bit and they'll improve uh, and they'll even improve on defense just by being able to maybe sustain drives a little longer. But I don't really know. I'm buying a lot of Pierre Garçon. That's for sure. Oh yeah, well, I mean, that's that's the one player I've said. I think he's the easiest player to project this season. Mm-hmm. Um, like he he's legitimately he's going to finish as a top thirty wide receiver. I don't know how high the ceiling is, but I fin- I see him finishing it right in between the tw- number twenty and number thirty wide receiver. It's just so simple to project and say he's locked in to one hundred and twenty, one hundred and fifty targets, like somewhere in that range, and that's that's good territory to be in. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. All right, well, that will do it for this edition of the Fantasy Football Report. Special thanks to our guest, Mike Taglier. Be sure to follow him on Twitter, at NFL. Please remember to rate and review the RotoViz radio channel on iTunes, and be sure to get that 30% discount for subscribing to RotoViz through the RotoViz radio channel, rotoviz.com slash podcast. I'm Blair Andrews. Thanks for listening. listening to the Rotoviz Report, powered by Rotoviz Radio. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz Radio feed, and be sure to contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the show. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio, and remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash Johnny got a toy golf set when he was three, and from that day on, he was hooked. All he wanted to do was golf, golf, golf. He'd be on the links before school, after school. All he ever wanted was to go pro. And then, one day, when he was holding his grandson and thinking about his 12 handicap, Johnny realized it just might not happen for him. But you know what did happen for him? He switched to Geico and saved a bunch of money on car insurance. So that was good, and so was hanging out with his grandson. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think. 
if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However, when an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.